millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good evening and welcome to the flagship show. No, Daniel, this week he is at a real-life job uh, awards thing. I don't know if he's going to win an award. If he doesn't, he might not be allowed back on the show. Um, <laughs> we'll see how he gets on. But, you know, as always, I'm never alone. I do have an amazing guest, someone who's been on a few times before, and because it's Dynasty Startup season, I couldn't think of anyone better to have on than my very good friend, author of the analytics of Dynasty. He's a contributor of Football Guys and host of the Analytics of Dynasty podcast, Jordan McNamara, welcome back. How are you, my friend? I'm good. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Um, and you know, you said it was. Uh, it's, it, I'm usually recording at night. It's like middle of the daytime. Sun's out, so it's uh, the the cross ocean conversations are always nice. Yeah, I mean, you get to do them in the day. I mean, it's helpful <laughs> for some guests. There are. It does mean there's some guests I can't get, and it also mm-hmm. means I can't return the favor too often. And uh, People go, oh, yeah, can you come on our pod? It's on at like 3 a.m. your time. I'm like, <laughs> now I'm sleeping. <laughs> right. But it does help for things like the Podathon. When everyone mm-hmm. else is sleeping, we can get up at like 7 a.m. and record. So it all works. So swings around about to it, but I'm glad you enjoy it. But what's been going on? You haven't been on for a while. I think we got you on last May. Um, mm-hmm. You've obviously released a new version of the book, which is amazing. Um, tell us what's been going on and tell us about the uh, analytics of dynasty 2022. Yeah. So analytics of dynasty 2022 editions out. Um, and this is going to be, it's a little bit different and each one's, each one's different in terms mm. of some of the coverage that we do. Um, this one, you know, this is the fourth one. So we had, we did have some stuff that, um, that I thought warranted going back to in terms of, you know, just, just giving a kind of a recap of where we are. So we spent the beginning part of the book doing that, um, you know, with a lot of stuff that we've learned along the way, 
right? If you're brand new to Dynasty, if you're brand new to the analytics of Dynasty, it'll sort of get you up to speed. If you've been reading through them all, it'll it'll um, kind of be a refresher. So that was kind of a fun concept that we did. And a lot of the other things that we did too was um, a ton of work on quarterbacks this, this time. Um, it's some optimization of rookie drafts as well. And then I did a whole bunch of uh, team building stuff, which isn't something I had typically done before um, in terms of talking about some different stuff uh, that I've done with my team builds. Um, I wrote a chapter called the, uh, the confessions of a, uh, of a recovering productive struggler. Um, so if you're familiar with the, the concept of the productive struggle, I was, I fell victim to that for almost a decade. Um, and I'm now I'm, I'm recovering. I'm in, I'm in recovery from that. And I wrote about that and some of the mistakes that people make in that process. Listen, I make, I, a lot of times see the analytics of dynasty through the lens of here's mistakes that I've made and that I'm not going to let you make. Um, and, and being in on a productive struggle is basically that. Um, which is, I think, a lot of mistakes that I've made through that process that I've learned from. Uh, we've got good data to suggest was wrong. And and here's kind of showing you different ways to do it. So that's really it this year. And um, it's I think the team building aspect of this AOD is different than maybe anything we've done before. And it's uh, it's really, really was a lot of fun. And they're amazing. You can buy the previous copies, and I do recommend... <clears throat> you got the opportunity to do so. And you also released um, uh, a rebuild guide as well, which is yeah. also really useful. So if you've actually never read any of Jordan's work before, um, the 2022 guide comes with a bundle with the rebuilding guide. Mm -hmm. I think it's like 10 bucks more, which is just like a no brainer. Really. It's just like, you have to get it because I find that there's a lot of people and I'm speaking more for the UK here. So, Dynasty's on this huge boom here in the UK. I'd mm -hmm. argue it's probably amongst serial players more popular than Redraft. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say as a whole, but I mean, in terms of like general players, my Twitter timeline right now is filled with people doing startup drafts. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm resisting the urge because I've got, I've got too many. <laughs> you and me um, both. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just resisting the urge. So right. it's just not going to happen. Um, unless an amazing opportunity comes. I always say, there's an amazing opportunity to jump in a league with like Matthew Berry or someone. Like that. I'll jump right. at that, but unless that happens, no. Um, but the dynasty game here, I think, is in two states very popular, but also very junior compared to the mm -hmm. US game. Because in the US, people have been playing dynasty for a decade, 15, mm -hmm. 15 years plus. It's not that new a concept, but if it's over here, it's still quite a junior concept. And in a, a lot of leagues, it's still people don't really know how to fashion a, a, a dynasty league. Mm -hmm. um, I think a couple of years ago, I was trying to engage with people and so yeah, I play and I, I end up playing in about 40 dynasty leagues, which is silly. Mm -hmm. um, and I've left a load of those because they're effectively glorified redraft leagues um, where they basically, you just don't bother having a, an actual draft every year. You just do a rookie draft, mm -hmm. but effectively the league is dead from February till <clears throat> maybe April. Mm -hmm. And then you get a flurry of activity around the rookie draft. Then you do the rookie draft and then it's dead again until like August, which mm -hmm. isn't optimal. So I guess really we'll get onto this in a second, but just like to set the scene here in the UK, what are, what are some of the things that for dynasty players who are looking to really take a step up and be in sort of more serious leagues, what mm -hmm. is the AOD going to give them? from a strategy perspective, but just some tips as well in terms of 
why they should go out there and and you know buy the book so that it will give them a bit of extra nous and, and clout in their leagues? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think the the big thing with AOD, um, there's a lot of things that we don't know, right? There's a lot of things that like we can't necessarily expect, right? Like you know, taking expecting a huge breakout from Cooper Cup, like to the extent that it happened, right? There there wasn't like there was some indicators there that maybe he was better than he had performed throughout his career, but there was really nothing to sort of suggest he was going to be that good right so there's stuff that you can't necessarily project right there's stuff that you can't necessarily um you know uh, expect in terms of huge outcomes like that but i think there's a lot of things you can do that really minimize uh your mistakes which i think is a great place to start i mean that's just not making bad decisions is a great way to sort of increase your dynasty team right um uh, you know not taking uh you know, the wrong bets, you know, taking day two or day three wide receivers is historically a really bad bet at their cost um, in rookie drafts, for example. Um, you know, so understanding those, you know, one of the things right now, like with this, this stuff for, for quarterbacks in particular, I mean, I think AOD in terms of quarterback study, like we, we kind of know what to shoot at. And, you know, in terms of like, hey, here are the profiles that you take, here are the profiles you don't take, here are the profiles like at at cost, it's kind of up in the air about what you take. Right. And, and just by doing that, you avoid huge mistakes. You know, we were, we said last year that Trevor Lawrence at his cost was a horrendous investment. Right. And, and I think that, you know, some of the, the transitions that we made, right. We, we went from Trevor Lawrence to Kirk cousins plus, right. Which was a huge, I mean, I did a deal like that, that totally reshaped a, a dynasty team. Um, and I ended up leading the league in points with that. And I still am paying, I'm still haven't made all the picks that I got from that deal, you know? So you start doing those things and understanding just, Hey, here's the mistakes that you don't make. And just a lot of it is, is that right. And then, you know, once you're, once you're sort of just eliminating some of the waste, then you, you can take a step up. You know, the other thing too, is I think generally as I get, as I get playing more elite players matter so much right? Elite players, when you look at it, right? Elite players, you know, the difference between running back, you know, the running back, you know, 15 and running back 25 in terms of ADP about what you would expect from them. Isn't that much different. Same thing with wide receiver. Um, If you can make a jump from, from, you know, wide receiver, you know, 15 to wide receiver five, right? That's a big deal. Right, that those are big deals. Um, quarterback in particular, right? The elites at quarterback. Um, you know, I've really changed around my strategy in that way. Right? A lot of times before this AOD, I was very, you know, hey, I can take a lot of quarterbacks like in the teens. I sort of know what to shoot at, and that's true. Um, the problem is, is they don't change your world. Um, they sort of act as a as a as a floor mechanism whereas guys like allen and mahomes and the guys up at the top right they're they're ceiling raisers which is really sort of the more we shoot at it the more we we want those guys because they make such a big difference and can make up for so many weaknesses other places you know doing a lot of those things right getting elite players at the cost of non-elite players like even though it might make you feel uncomfortable like that stuff really matters Mm. and uh, and that's one of the big things you know so those two things in particular you know knowing what to avoid and and being willing to go at the you know 
with the sound strategy, it's tough to break it down in a three minute thing here. No, cool. but with a sound strategy to sort of really build elite players <clears throat> to go after elite players. And I have a whole hierarchy of assets that'll sort of help you do that uh, in the book about how to make those trades, how to think about those trades um, and, and really your team build to make it elite. And And that's why it's so powerful because it's not going to teach you anything groundbreaking in the sense of it's not going to sit there and go, you've been doing it wrong the whole time. It's, as you say, it's, it's, it's marginal gains. It's just getting you to think differently and just thinking about how to construct a team. Mm-hmm. I tend to find that most people, when they go into a dynasty draft, they tend to go about it one of two ways. I'm going to go in a win now, or I'm going to just stockpile a load of young talent mm-hmm. and hope it comes good. The problem with shoehorning into either of those strategies is you're even going to pay over the odds for elite talent, which could work, but you'll be very fringe heavy. And if you any of your elite players go down, you're done mm-hmm. and your window is short. Or you're the other way where you're taking bets on lots of young players who aren't complete and therefore Mm -hmm. as likely to miss on them as frequently as you're likely to hit on them. And I think it's about, instead of shoehorning into a strategy, it's the same way we talk about in in a redraft strategy where people go, well, I'm going to go RB, RB early, or I'm going to go zero RB. Like why shoehorn into a strategy? Look at the board, see how it breaks down. But as you say, collecting elite players, but just thinking about where the value is all the time it's about value and if you can find there's always an edge in a draft if you can find it you're going to come out of it pretty happy and it's uncomfortable i've i've followed the advice in your book in a couple of drafts and and done things that i've gone i just don't like i feel like i'm too wide receiver heavy or i feel like i'm lopsided in a position and then everyone starts to hit you can you've got tradable pieces you Mm -hmm. can then construct your team how you need to and in a rebuild that's really important is people get scared to trade off for Josh Allen. But if you can get three elite players for Josh Allen, which is mm-hmm. possible, it's uncomfortable. But for the long run, about scoring more points, it will help you. So a lot of great yeah. concepts in it. I think that's why I love it every year. I buy it every year. I urge people to buy it every year because it's great. And the team building guide you can get with it, it's it's amazing. We'll talk more about it in a minute. But I want to get into, because it's start-up season. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this just now in terms of people doing startups and they do startups for startups sake. And Mm -hmm. and that's what's happening. People are like, I miss drafting. I've not drafted for six months. I can draft. (laughs) Loads of leagues get started. Most of them are full of people. They get very excited, but actually all they want to do is draft. They're not really fussed about um, playing in a dynasty league. And then you get these sort of inactive leagues. How can dynasty commissioners... What are some things that dynasty commissioners can do to keep the leagues engaged and fun? Because I tend to find there's a lot of dynasty leagues, but there's not a lot of great dynasty mm-hmm. leagues. Unless they're like your home league with all your sort of original people, there aren't tons of great elite leagues that are just fun that you're like, I need to go in there because it's all popping off and it's why I want to be part of. So, yeah, what's some advice for for people who either are thinking of starting or have just started a startup league um, yeah, from a commissioner side to where they can make it a more engaging experience. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think to, to decide, you know, good formats matter, right? Formats mm-hmm. that are fun. 
Um, I tend to think formats that give um, a variety of, of positions values, right? So playing tight end premium, playing super flex, um, you know, those things make life more interesting. So you get the, um, you get more trades, right? You get more, um, you know, offers going around because people need quarterbacks or people need tight ends or, or, you know, you might value tight end differently than other people. Right. So that makes, I think that that's a huge thing, right? Make involve a lot of positions, make more players relevant, right? Go try to tight end league, right? Try a mandatory start to quarterback league, right? do those things. And, and it'll make you have to look at other players more intently, right? So that would be uh, mix up the formats in terms of making more players relevant, I think is a, is a great way to keep it active. Uh, you know, try and figure out who you're, you're involving yourself with, right? If you're playing, you know, if you want to start a dynasty league with a bunch of people that don't, you know, that don't pay attention in your redraft league, then that's probably not a great place to start, you know? So finding some other people, whether that's you know, through your community or, you know, online, you know, I've, I, there's sites that offer commissioner services as well. Um, so you can go do that. I like those because at least I know, you know, my league is safe, right? But, you know, I, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, you know, the other thing I would always make mention of is if you're putting money in, make sure you know where it's going. I right? don't, and I know, I know there was been issues with people having PayPal money in PayPal money in Venmo and stuff like that, where it was actually seized by PayPal. Um, so don't, you know, make sure you're not doing that. Make sure your commissioner, I had, our, I had a commissioner run away with um, over a thousand dollars in funds one time. Just you can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforumc.org. Up and ignored us, took took the cash. Um, you know, so make sure you're not in those situations, right? So all those things are, are important. Um, you know, and then and then but try and find something you'd you'd find fun format wise, right? And and I think that that's a big deal, right? I, you know, I play a lot of super flex, I play um, tight end premium because I think I have edges there, and that's really fun to me, right? Having an edge and just hammering everyone with it is is fun right some other people don't like that right some other people want to try new things i don't i just want to sort of know that i've got something that works and just hammer it right that's fun to me so you know finding what's what's interesting to you and then you know and trying to um you know trying to you know and so for example and another way to keep it active right if, if you're struggling with activity is just send around offers to everyone in your league right just just do that Right. And then, you know, if they respond and don't respond to anything, right. One of my favorite techniques is if they just reject, just, just, I just respond with a quick email that says open to a counter period send. And then you'd be surprised at some of the stuff that has come from that, you know? And so just trying that, you know, fostering communication and not necessarily being in, in people's face about it, but 
you know, don't let them just sit there and, and reject your trade and, and not answer. Right. That would be, so that's a technique that I use. That's helped me get deals done. Yeah. I mean, you make a great point about the money aspect of things. Mm-hmm. We had a big thing here in the UK. There was a guy um, who had 4,000 odd followers and he was basically taking money from people estimated loss, probably about 20 grand pounds. He got away with running hundreds of leagues. And basically he was, it basically turned into a Ponzi scheme. Is that, was that this week? Was that real recently? No, that, okay. so that one I'm about to come on to, mm. um, but that this happened all through last year where basically okay. this guy was running leagues. It was like a Ponzi scheme. Basically he wasn't paying out. Mm-hmm. And if he did pay out some leagues, he was starting other leagues and collecting money. Yeah. And he was BSing people for months about, um, you know, PayPal and people were paying direct into his bank account and all right. those sort of things. And then, yeah, this week was with, with Huss of Sleeper Wire. Now, this guy was sleeper approved. I know Huss and I've spoken to Huss and mm. I'm deeply disappointed and saddened because he's never struck me as that sort of individual. And I've never played in any of his leagues. So I'm not a victim here. And prizes were paid out, but it was the money that was supposed to go t- to charity and it hasn't been. People were saying, look, yeah, okay, the prizes have been paid out, but where's the money for charity? Just show us the receipts. Show us mm-hmm. where this has gone. Even a charity league. You know, I run right. a charity league. Um, I know loads of good people. Jack, who's watching, he runs a charity league. We have a charity donation page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and literally people go on there and they donate. And that's how yeah. it works. We don't touch the money. The only donation I took last year from our charity league was someone who couldn't pay through that account. They were international. They struggled. I think they're in South America. He's like, man, I'm trying to pay through this, but it's just too awkward. So mm-hmm. he PayPal'd me, and then I paid it in his name. And it was like £20. No, $20, I think it was. It wasn't mm-hmm. like – but it was one person. It was like, well, that's a different circumstance. It's fine. Right. And he got a receipt, and I proved it, and it wasn't a problem. Right. But that's what I mean. Like, there's no need. You've got so many vehicles now, safe leagues, um, tons of vehicles where you can mm-hmm. just pay into leagues. Yes, you've got to pay a 70 cent transaction fee but you know what right. i'll pay that for the security knowing it's there so that's a big one but Huss, yeah i mean totally. even if it's a charity league just make sure that that's all going to a valid and, and verified place it's so important because nothing will break a league more and cause you more aggro because even if the money's not that big you're paying for like 20 dollars stakes or whatever right it's the principle of, of the matter that's what gets up people and you could have a great league and that will tear it apart and people will take sides some will be on the commission side some will be on your side it's a quick way to it to burn. And I'd, I'd also say on terms of things to keep it exciting, as you mentioned, trade offers are great, but I generally find, especially if here in the UK, because you're playing with a lot of people you don't know, mm-hmm. as you you'll probably never meet them in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tend to do silly little games or conversation starters and things mm-hmm. in there. Um, so it'll be like, right, right three two facts and one lie people mm-hmm. have to guess the lie about you and you'll learn so much and it's just little things like that little chats about uh free agency when that happens um mm-hmm. serious breaking news not every piece of breaking news so and so's injured but like if there's a big piece of breaking news talk about it get the community mm-hmm. going i always find they make the leagues more engaging because when it becomes not just the game and it becomes about just chatting with people Mm-hmm. That's what engages you. Like that's what you do. It's fun. 
Yeah. And you, if you're getting into conversations that are interesting and funny and humorous, and you get people doing like fake videos, uh, fake press conferences, those sorts of things, all that sort of stuff, I think is is great. Like I love that sort of. That's the stuff that will keep me in leagues for for years. Is the banter and the the winding up, as say when yeah. you drop, like you get people to bite on fake news and stuff like that. Like I love that sort of stuff. Like people draw up like fake newspaper articles and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the sort of stuff I'm here for, honestly, right. and memes and challenges. But yeah, and go. I got a good question here from Jack, and he said, "I've got a 20 man dynasty league that's being converted into a dynasty best ball. Best way to go about this with trades and waivers, etc." Um, yeah, so I think the the question about uh, best ball becomes is what's your definition of best ball? You know, I think you can some best ball leagues will have it so that we can make no in-season transactions. Um, some of them have it so that way you make transactions, you don't set a lineup. So I think understanding the difference between what, what is happening is really important in that the context of that question. Um, so that would be, you know, at my initial Sabo is really to study that, right? Because if you can't stu- if you can't set lineups, uh, if you sorry, if you can't make any roster decisions, right, and you're playing, uh, you know, super flex or something like that, right, having uh, a an extra quarterback makes a huge difference, right? If you if you can make uh, roster moves, just not starting lineup moves, right, and and someone gets hurt, right, you can address it via free agency, you could address it via the wire, you could address it via trade, you can figure out solutions to your problem. Um, so understanding the difference there, I think, makes a lot of right. That that's a critical thing to know, um, and so you know, structuring your team around that. Right. The other thing too is, I think in best ball, um, you know, one of my big strategies is that you you take a lot more running backs than you do wide receivers, and people don't necessarily do that in dynasty. Uh, I actually think in best ball, I would lean a little bit the other way. Um, not entirely. I basically make one shift, which would be. I would pay up at uh, for another elite running back or a higher end running back at the cost of a of a wide receiver. Um, typically, I usually go wide receiver early and and startup drafts. Typically, um, I will go away from that, you know, by maybe one, right? And then maybe instead of being, you know, having more running backs than wide receiver by like a two to one margin, I'll play a little bit closer to even, right? Because the variance at wide receiver, you can extract a little bit more from it, best ball. So those would be a couple of things that I'd look to do via, you know, trades, waivers, and uh, roster construction. Love that. I've got a dynasty best ball league. It's the only dynasty best ball league I, ha- um, I have. And the way that it's commissioned is um, once a week transactions out of season. Mm-hmm. So it's like on a Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. So you can so you can't flood the waiver wire once a week. Um, and then when it gets to in season, it's every four weeks. Okay. Well, it's week four, week or week five, week ten. No, yeah, week five, week nine, and then the last one is week. 14 end of week 14 um so you get three opportunities in season to make roster ads which is done off of fab mm-hmm. um because it encourages trading so sure. the idea is then still trading is your main element it means that if you're smart and you stack your roster with talent but maybe you're not going anywhere you can sell those pieces for premium to try and contend 
inversely, if you're someone who is trying to play for next season, it's giving you an opportunity to kind of leverage that um, ability to acquire a lot more picks to help you get back up into the ranks. So it, it affords a lot more like um, equality in that sense if you've got smart traders in there because you could have a really bad roster, but because there's not that many open free agency periods, you can acquire a load of picks, sure. and a load of young talent and get yourself back into contention within a year or two years as opposed to the standard maybe three or four year model. Because it's yeah, we don't believe story. in that two, that three or four year model. Like your no, rebuild shouldn't take, yeah, your rebuild shouldn't take that long. You know what I mean? They just shouldn't. And um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm I like the the sort of expedited version that you present for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's always better that way. Try yeah. to get back in one year, run it back in one year. Do the Bruce yeah. Arians, Bruce Arians reload style, uh, yes. as we would say. Yes. Um, since it is sort of startup season, let's talk about some some startup strategy. Yeah. And the thing I love about your books is because strategy changes every single year because, mm-hmm. as you say, we learn more, but also the players change. You know, if we were talking three, where well, we were talking three, four years ago, there was this plethora of running backs, talent mm-hmm. that is now in severe shrinkage, mm-hmm. um, which make those guys even more valuable whilst there's now this more elite, class of wide receiver that perhaps there was but then three four years ago there wasn't this chasm of a huge gap at quarterback and now there is so from a 2022 standpoint what is some tips for people starting in and obviously you've got a book to sell that we'd like display the whole book here but what are just some easy digestible takeaway tips for people who are going to engage in a startup in the next like few days, few weeks, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the easiest way to, to go about it is to have a plan, right. And say, you know, and, and, and uh, so I'll do it a couple of different ways, right? Like I will actually come into a, a, a draft with a plan of, and I'll actually write it, you know, I'm, I write these things down. So that way it keeps me honest um, and it actually helps me get through my thoughts, but it'll say, Hey, listen, if I go early quarterback, you know, what's that mean for quarterback two? Right. And then, or if I wait on quarterback one, right. What's it mean for quarterback? You know, what am I going to do for quarterback one? What are we going to do for quarterback two? Right. So for example, if, if I'm at the end of the first round and it's a question of, all right, do I want to take, um, you know, do I want to take a guy like Russell Wilson that early, or do I want to wait? Um, you know, maybe I'll take a wide receiver there. And then, but okay, well, what's that sacrifice that I'm going to make at quarterback? Sort of how am I going to f- figure that out, right? That's that's a, a tough thing to to navigate, right? You kind of have to, you have to have a plan for that, right? So, uh, because if you miss on quarterback, you can really be behind the eight ball and now you're chasing. Um, even if you have strengths at other places, like you really are subject to a lot of negative forces. You're swimming upstream if you don't have if you're playing against guys that always are other teams that have really good quarterbacks, you're, you have to be excellent at everything else. And it's really tough to do. Uh, it's really competitive to do that where um, it's just easier to be good at quarterback. And then you make, can make a lot, you can make mistakes and not, not totally bankrupt your team. Um, you know, so having those plans in places, I think something that's really interesting, right? I think that's really important. Um, you know, I think, understanding what the trade-up market is like you know i just talked about you know do you want to do you want to take your quarterback one or do you want to take wide receiver one well can you trade up 
for an even better quarterback, right? Can you trade in, in what the cost of that is? It's not something I've typically done a ton of in my career, but I did a lot of it last year. Um, really move up again. If it's not at the cost of, if you get elite quarterback that doesn't cost you future rookie picks, it's almost always worth doing in a startup draft is typically the trades that I've seen. They're almost always right to trade up. If you're not giving up future picks, um, you know, so that's, that's something I think to think about. And then, so really, and then think about, you know, kind of what, what your baselines want to be, right. If you're playing, you know, if, again, if your quarterback one is Patrick Mahomes, right. That can give you a little bit more flexibility than what your quarterback two is, or it gives you a lot more flexibility than what your quarterback three is, right. If your quarterback one is, um, you know, Kirk cousins, right. I think you have to rethink probably what your quarterback three plan is, right? So sort of under, you know, understanding what your levels of comfort are with those and coming into your draft with a plan like that, I think makes a lot of sense. The other thing too, is then look at, uh, you know, parts of, of the position that you feel comfortable with being you know, meeting certain thresholds. So for example, um, you know, do I feel confident in, um, you know, who's, who's at worst case scenario, what do I want my wide receiver four to look like? Right. Do I want that person to be a top 25 player? Do I, am I fine with that person being Brandon Cooks? Right. Because those things are massively different in terms of how you go about building your team. Answering those questions in advance um, and, and having some, some benchmarks to help you through that process make a lot of sense. Um, at this time of the calendar, the other thing I would say is don't make really specific bets, right? Because there's so much that can change between now and may let alone now in august and now in you know next december when fantasy playoffs are being decided it's a lot that changes in there right so maintaining some flexibility i wrote about this in the book and um you can go you know you can you can go grab it and sort of see what i did but uh, in a league last year that i drafted about this time maybe a little bit later in the calendar i drafted um tom brady as my quarterback too and uh, i ended up with four future first round picks. Those things are things you would typically do on the same team, right? You wouldn't typically say, Hey, I'm going to draft a win now quarterback and get a bunch of picks because they conflict, right? Because uh, if the, if I'm not using the picks, I'm probably not preserving a window for a quarterback that I know probably is only a year to, or two um, left to help me. Um, but what I was able to do is use those picks, right? That team build allowed me a lot of options, which was, you know, I talk about instead of being a productive struggle or win now team, build a team that, that can do either, right? Build a two way go, right? And it's not necessarily that my team, you know, that I know I got my draft right. But once I know how my team turned out, HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, once I sort of get that information revealed to me at the beginning of the season, then I'll have a lot more options to address that, right? Then I could sort of, I can understand the bet, right? The bet to make then with a lot of flexible options um, and maximize it then rather than trying to say, hey, listen, I sharp shot this, uh, this, these picks in February, which is almost impossible to do at a consistent basis. So understanding those things, right. And being flexible in your team build, um, and understanding that, you know, long-term, we don't know a ton right now, um, you know, go towards elite assets, right. And then leave yourself a lot of options, right. If you can pick up future picks, it doesn't necessarily mean you're tanking for this year. It just means that, Hey, I can address need later on, uh, with liquid assets. And so one of those sort of variables that you mentioned, we've got free agency mm-hmm. a month from now, um, just under a month from now. And I tend to find that free age, people that are players are about to go into free agency tend to be valued a little bit lower because there's that risk where they're going to end up. Where for you in terms of free agency, are you willing to go, I'll buy at the discount, like because of their talent and production and where do you just go, actually, do you know what? I just, I, I don't want part of it. It's too much unknown. I'm just going to wash and just take what I do know and work on there. Like, how do you bake in the risk and decide that path? And I appreciate it's going to be different per draft based on how you start off, right? But I'm kind yeah. of curious how you'd approach it. It's a really good question. I mean, so I think at different parts of your draft or at different parts of your team, you should be trying to accomplish different things, right? I think early in, you know, on the top, if we were to talk about like a, I don't know, like a 27 man roster, right. Just to make things easy. Um, you know, the first third, right. So the first nine picks um, should be different aim than, than the next nine or the nine after that. Right. Like you, you shouldn't be trying to do the entire same thing, right. The, the long-term bets that you're making in the top, you know, five, six, seven, eight rounds, shouldn't be the same bets you're trying to make at the, at the end of your draft. Right. Um, and you should be much uh, more um, interested in investing in risk further down your roster. Right. Because those things, the odds of success there are pretty low as, as it is, right. If you're taking a 20% shot, that's good at the 25th round. Right. So you should be embracing risk there. Um, you know, in, in the middle rounds, right. I think we overstate how likely it is guys hit, right. So a guy like Alan Robinson's a good example of this, right? Like we've, all he's ever done has really been good or he was hurt or last year happened, right. That's basically, you know, there's basically been three states of him, right. When he tore, when he blew out his knee, when he wasn't very good last year and he was basically good every other year, right. That's kind of what his status has been. Well, what do you think is going to be true? Well, I mean, if he's going to be valued at wide receiver 50, his upside's really high, right? If he's going to be wide receiver 20, 
uh, do I want to make that investment off someone coming off of a down year where he probably wasn't hurt? And, you know, he's heading into free agency. And we don't necessarily know what the longevity is, right? Those are different bets, right? At wide receiver 50, I'm all in. At wide receiver 20, uh, like we could probably find more certainty, right? So I think those things matter, right? And so, um, and then understanding, like, listen, if you take a if you take a bet, you know, for example, like a guy like um, I'm taking not not even free agency, but trying to take a speculative bet on free agency. So a guy like Dearness Johnson, for example, with Cleveland, uh, Dearness Johnson was really good last year. He was PFF's top graded running back uh, amongst qualifiers, and Kareem Hunt is owed $6.5 million. None of that's guaranteed. And he could, they could potentially save all of that cutting him. Uh, do I think he's going to get cut? I think there's a chance that he gets cut. Um, do I think, you know, it's likely, I don't know. Um, I think I doubt it's, I doubt he comes back on the number that he's owed. Right. So either they extend him, they restructure him or something. It seems like a lot to pay a backup running back. That's not guaranteed. And so, all right, I take a shot on Dearness Johnson. Well, if, Kareem Hunt comes back, like I can cut Dearness Johnson. If I if I've done it right, I haven't paid, you know, if I pay a cost outside the top 60 of running backs for Dearness Johnson, that's that's a pallet, right? And I could still hold him because I still think he's decent enough, you know, depending on the format, he's decent enough to potentially, you know, have have um uh, you know down the line. He's probably one of the best running back threes in the league. Um if I'm doing that at, at running back 35. I don't love that as much. You know what I mean? So understanding that sort of the cost aspect of it, I think is a big deal. I was just recording a podcast actually before we started talking about just about that. Um, and so having, you know, having those, um, you know, markers in mind about what you're paying, I think is something you have to, uh, you should be willing to embrace risk down the line of your roster up at the top. You should be trying to avoid miss, uh, avoid, misses like that so that should drive your how you value guys at their costs i think that's such a great point because i think it's important this year to talk about free agency maybe more than previous years because there's so much especially at the wide receiver position mm-hmm. so much talent right that's hitting free agency it's it's an unprecedented amount of talent from guys like michael gallup who don't get a lot of love but whenever they play they're reasonably productive all right obj's now got the injury but chris godwin Devontae adams maybe i mean there's a lot of guys out there this is quite an unprecedented class so i feel it's an important point as you say you've got a value when you do your tiers you've got a value where you put them and then go are you going you've got to bake risk in because Mm -hmm. chris godwin is not going to be the same chris godwin when he's when he's not at tampa and spoiler alert he's probably not going to remain in tampa the money's right. not there. I've been saying it for a year. I never thought he'd ever return. So he's not going to get as good a situation as, as he's had. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to bake in when you do your tiers. Forget, I mean, productivity is always key, but also you've got to think about the situation. Devontae Devont Adams is another one. Is his situation mm-hmm. ever going to be as good as it is right now if he goes elsewhere? I'd argue probably not. Whether someone like Alan Robinson, as you mentioned, his situation probably can't get much worse than it did last year. Right. So, as you say, if you're getting him at last year's finishing point, mm. yeah, I'll, I'll buy a ton because because right. he's got nowhere to go but up. And that's right. and I think that's what what's key. So you've got to bake in the likelihood of their stick and twist as well. Like where could they end up? 
Who's got the cash? Typically, the teams that have the cash aren't very good, more often than not. So the ones that will overpay, we look at Kenny Golladay and the Giants last year. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't always work out. So, right. Um, I think that's a key one. What about drafts, startup drafts, where you draft the rookie picks? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you do a ton of this or have done mm-hmm. a ton of this, but I tend to find it's very difficult year on year to find that inflection point of where the first few rookie picks are worth pick whatever it is in in a startup draft based on this year's class where would you say sort of those early rookie picks and then back into the first and then the second round picks where would you kind of value them in a in a startup world so i haven't done enough uh rookie analysis yet to really comment thoroughly on the class i know that everyone thinks the class is down um i think that's a common phenomenon in february once we start seeing guys run around in their their shorts uh, without shirts on at the combine everyone changed their mind so well, if if, if there's right, a big if right assuming they don't all hold out but um you know so i would just uh, you know be you know everyone likes to dog on the class until they see guys doing uh drills that don't matter and then they want to change their mind so just be cautious of 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 that would sort of be my initial thing i do think the class is probably down um and it's down in ways that i think are substantial right you're not going to get a it doesn't appear at this point you're going to see a, a run on top 10 quarterbacks it doesn't appear at this point you're going to see like multiple first round running backs for example which would be a big deal um you know so those things are like those are kind of the key things to make a class good to, you know that's the 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 quick and dirty of, of rookie drafts is you take those guys um you know and then you start taking the 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 last first round wide receiver off the board like that that's a pretty good success track um so if that's not going to be the case right the class is naturally going to be down um i've done some research in the past and it is held out to be pretty true that right around pick 20 is where the 101 should go historically um or where it, it does go historically and then basically the the last pick of the first round is typically around pick 100 so i think that's you know and it's a curve right it's not necessarily straight it's about a round drop off i think the 102 is like 32 overall something like that and then you know it's it starts to flatten out a little bit as it goes along um but it is a it is a steep drop um typically because the 101 matters a lot more right you just think of some of the guys that were the 101 in the past right you know Saquon Barkley, right? Zeke, those guys like are really big difference over the the 102s in their class. So I'm generally though, I think that at this point of the year, um, especially later on, right? Especially, and I I talked about something I call core assets or or, um, and then I call non-core assets or contributing assets in my book, right? I I have a whole hierarchy. Um, I'll sort of help you through these processes, but as you sort of get on outside the top, call it hundred picks, right? There's a lot of uncertainty that happens. So if you're taking rookie picks or specific players, and right, I think a lot of times the rookie pick is going to make more sense there because it's more liquid, right? You, it's more flexible. Um, you shouldn't be taking a ton of super specific bets in February. Um, and so, and it gives you a lot of options, right? You know, and, and one thing that I'm really attuned to this year more than any, because I made the mistake in the past, again, the analytics dynasty ends up becoming a lot about don't make the mistakes that I made. 
Um, and and one of those is not having enough assets to address a situation like the Zeke situation a couple of years ago where he got suspended um, or the Tyreek Hill situation where everyone thought he was never going to play football again and was selling dirt cheap, right? Um, having the picks to sort of in your pocket to do that with right now makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, and whatever that situation is, Watson was a good example of this, right? I had started to build my teams with ways to, Hey, I need to be more flexible, right? I wanted picks in pocket because I could address these situations. And one thing we almost always see every year is one of the elite quarterbacks for some reason, uh, will drop in price and you need to be able to address that. Right. So having a lot of pick flexibility matters. Um, you know, there will be a situation between now and August where someone drops in price. And if you can address that, if it, it, and if it can be a star player too, if you address that uh, with picks, right, that you picked up now that would have been, you know, um, you know, insert situational wide receiver here, right? And instead of that, you took the picks that you can address um, one of these positions or, you know, one of these drop in prices with for somebody along the way. That makes a ton of sense, right? A Devontae Adams holdout, for example, right? Like if that were to happen, um, if you have picks in your pocket and you can spend on that, right? That That's the type of stuff that can really move the needle for you more than hitting on your individual player. So I think a lot in those, right? Trying to think of two or three steps ahead about what you could potentially use the picks on or what could come down the line. I think that makes a ton of sense. So generally speaking, I think I want to be pick heavy right now, even though by the time the rookie draft actually comes, maybe I'm pivoting off of those picks as we get closer towards the draft. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense because I think it's uh it's, it, I always find it strange. You can acquire a lot of picks towards the end of a, a regular season from challengers who are quite happy to chuck them away to mm-hmm. to build a contender and, and to try and win in the playoffs, which makes a ton of sense, right? And push the chips all in, go Ram style. Um, and then you get this lull around now where people are not willing to trade a lot of picks right now because they're hedging, because mm-hmm. it's an incomplete picture, as you say. So... I think, yeah, if you can acquire picks right now, I'm with you. But I imagine it's probably harder now than it will be come free agency time. I reckon free agency time is a great time to acquire picks because you can, especially if you can get ahead of the market, mm-hmm. you can start to anticipate moves. I think that's where you can make some real strides. I made huge strides last year by anticipating certain free agency moves, knowing who wasn't going to resign, being able to buy those players cheap, and then watching them pop off you can mm-hmm. you can do it every year and, and you can get picks and and swaps so i tend to swap someone on my roster for said free agent and a pick that's right. a good way of doing it especially right. if it's a veteran and you know I, I i got adam Phelan off a ton of rosters last year in that move i was acquiring i remember who it was now but i got a free agent who who was moving i ended up picking a lot up of them with a pick for 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 feeling, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great way to get rid of a veteran off your roster. Maybe get your roster a little bit younger, and to get the picks to be fluid. So totally, totally. Um, quick one on rebuilding because I mentioned you know you've mm-hmm. got this rebuilding guide, and, and as you said, you don't want these three or four years no. uh, rebuilds. Um, in terms of what are some high level tips? And again, let's not give away the book here. We want people to buy it. Um, but what are some high level tips people can use um, that will help them? And then what's the most common 
mistake that people tend to make when it comes to rebuilding a roster. Because I tend to find there's a lot of people that I that listen to this pod that like to take orphan teams on because they love the challenge. They love the challenge of rebuilding, but perhaps sometimes get frustrated because they can't do it quick enough. Mm-hmm. So what are some things we can do to shorten that runway for them? Um, I mean, I'd start with the, the you know, I would... I think that the mistake that people make is that they wait, that they think it takes too long. Um, and so again, I think the the key is what you're trying to accomplish, right? If you're trying to build this perfect team on paper, um, you know, is that really practical for winning? Right. That would be the other thing that I would say, you know, uh, you, uh, do you want to put together this mega contender, right? It's really hard to pull off. Right. So there's that, like they happen, but I think that they tend to happen more by, by accident really than they do by um you know how many times you know i'm still waddling through a team that that i spent hiv is still an issue in montgomery county the more open we're able to talk about hiv we treat it like any other health prevention prep stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis people who are not hiv positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease this is a good choice for you it's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner four years right of doing this rebuild thing that i just it has gone comedically bad right in terms of i had etn i had acres i had happens like i've had barkley like i've i've done all like i've done the 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 productive struggle team build um i've had all these wide receivers like i've done i've made great trades and it just doesn't work out for a variety of of comedic error type reasons um that stuff happens right and so I, I tend to very much, I, I like to operate in both worlds, right? Again, I, I call it the two-way go. Can you make decisions that can both make you productive and give you future outs, right? Give you future options. Um, and so, you know, one thing I thought last year that was a mistake was people rebuilding teams, taking Trevor Lawrence. This is a terrible idea because there's so much value in trading him at that point. And you could have done a couple of things. You could have gotten more picks. You could have traded down, right? The the biggest mistake that people make is thinking these rookies are going to be are, are, are a sure thing to happen. And that's not, right? There, there's, there is no sure thing to happen, especially amongst rookies, especially amongst rookie quarterbacks. The surest thing to happen amongst rookie quarterbacks is that they perform randomly. That's what the surest thing historically has been amongst top 10 quarterbacks. It's that they perform randomly, right? So understanding those things, right? Trevor Lawrence wasn't a rebuilding tool, right? He was a piece to cash in in a rebuild. And if you, you know, and I, I sort of detail in the book and I think in the rebuilding guide as well, a trades that I pivoted off of him ended up getting multiple assets. Um, and I had earned, I think the one Oh one, I might've earned the one Oh three in one of the leagues. Um, and I had traded for a pick that became the one Oh one and another, but I was 
two non-playoff teams, worst three teams in the league, and I led the league in points right, where I did those things. Right, and that was all of just pivoting off of that. Right, I didn't. I wasn't going to wait for Trevor Lawrence to become good to be a productive team. Right, I didn't have time for that, <laughs> and I don't think that you should. Right, someone else wants to make that bet, let them make that bet. Let them pay you to make that. Right, if they want to make the oh this person is insulated in value bet, let them make the bet. You take the cash right now and let them make the bet. That's my that's my take on it. And that's a, something that's really changed. And I think that has made me a lot better. And I think it's made a lot of my subscribers better um, and a lot a lot more profitable, if we're being totally honest. Um, and so that's the thing that I think people do too much of is build too far down the future. If you're sitting here right now, it's February 21st as we're recording, and your goal is not to compete in September of 2022, right? This upcoming September, you're doing it wrong. You're just doing it wrong because you there's so much uncertainty that happens, right? There's so much variance that happens. There's so much things that, you know, and I had a team last year where I was trying to rebuild it and I couldn't get what I wanted. And it ended up being, you know, a team that had Adams. It, it had um, Marquise Brown, right? It had Leonard Fournette, right? It had Kyler Murray who overperformed. It had all of these, it had a bunch of, it had like three, it had Mark Andrews. Uh, it had a whole bunch of guys that actually ended up overperforming. And the five or six guys that were, were pretty good on my team ended up carrying me to a really, really long way. You know, they ended up, that was the sec, ended up scoring the second most points. And the point of that story is to say that we don't know right now what's going to happen along the way. So don't rule out uh, contending, right? It, again, put some guardrails in place and say, listen, if I get it's week four and I'm not, I'm I'm one and three and I'm in the bottom quarter of points, right? Okay, then then you're probably not going to contend this year. But there's so many things that can happen between now and then that ruling out contending in 2022 is just a mistake. Yeah. And the other thing too is people want to get these super contending teams. You know, I did some Twitter polls and I, you know, if you had the 20% shot to to win the league, are you going to compete or are you going to rebuild? And like a quarter of people said they would rebuild. That's insane. Yeah. That is an ins- that's two that's that's basically two and a half times your odds to actually win the league, yeah. right? Of of the random odds to win the league, right? And at ten percent, you should be trying to compete, right? If your odds are ten percent to win the league, that's one out of ten in a twelve team league, right? That's actually pretty. You're at a significant advantage. Yeah, you got right. an edge. You yeah. you got an edge. Right, you have an edge, right? J- just go for that, right? And that doesn't mean just haphazardly throwing picks around, but that definitely means don't don't ship it out. And I think at any given point, there's probably in each on average, probably in a league, there's probably only nine teams truly competing. And there's probably a third of uh, three other or quarter of your teams in a 12 team league that aren't right. And so if you're operating in that, you don't need to be an elite team. Like you can turn a profit just, just doing that. Right. And, And then you try and build from there. But I think people rule out contending too much. 100%. And they want to play that game, it's fine, but I'd rather play I'd rather win personally. Especially so, especially I, as if you were say let's say you you stacked it up going into the season last year, you're ranked sixth, seventh in points, mm-hmm. projected points, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. You're kind of the middle of the road and you're at this crossroads, right? If you ended up picking up Cordell Passon off the waiver right. wire right. and right. and a couple of other assets off the waiver right. wire. Yes. All of a sudden, you go from sixth to third or second. You cash. Mm. It's like, and with a chance to win, right? And that's where I'm with you. I just don't understand this logic because the chaos, and we've seen it in the last two or three years, 
especially at running back now, the chaos, and maybe in the dynasty league, it's a little bit harder, but there is always someone random. It's mm-hmm. always someone random. Akilah Herbert for a couple of weeks. Caught mm-hmm. up after no one had rostered. I don't care what anyone says, unless you're in the deepest league known to man. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always one or two of those guys. Yes, you've got to hit. You've got to be lucky. It's not a guaranteed strategy, but if those chips come in and you're ready and you shove your fab in, you've got every chance of winning your league. It's just right. Right. And the other thing too, is like, we, we lean into that, right? We lean into, um, Cordero Patterson was a guy I've, I've liked since I've been playing dynasty for 10 years. And he was like one of my first rookie picks, right? Back when he, (laughs) when he came out. Um, so I've liked, I've liked him for a long time. I didn't expect this, but like being in on the Khalil Herbert, idea right that's a great point like daryl williams right they're really cheap bets and those are the type of asymmetric bets that can tilt your league mm. right and and what you said too is right like if you you know i had in a league where i detail at the book i had um alan and mahomes and i and i had a couple of other pieces right i had um I had actually had Ridley. I had a lot of problems with the team. I had Ridley, right? A whole bunch of problems that ended up happening along the way. But the core thing that I had was Mahomes and Allen, right? And all things from there, I could sort of, I could figure out. But one of the pieces that happened that I never, I came into the season absolutely withering on the vine at wide receiver. It was Ridley, uh, it was Higgins, and it was Will Fuller were my top three guys. And I Never got a snap out of Wolf Fuller. Right? I think I, or if I got a game or whatever, I didn't get much out of Wolf Fuller. But I had Cordero Patterson, right? And who would have thought that that would have been the solution to a problem, right? Like <laughs> that would have been my wide receiver two on that season in that league. Who would have thought that, right? Um, but then I was, you know, from so from there, I'm actually able to build out, right? And I can I can make deals. I can I can do trades and stuff. Um, but there was so, like if I had gone in the season, you'd be like, all right, you're you you're screwed because you don't have a wide receiver three. But like, I don't know. We can figure that out along the way. Right? That's a solvable problem. Right. Yeah. And so <clears> the <throat> other thing that I would say to look at, if you're trying to contend to figure out contend, if you have four top 50 guys in your league, you're contending. Yeah, you should be contending. Uh, if you have two guys that are in the top 20, right, you should you should be contending. Right. Just look at those benchmarks. And if that's true, right. And if you have five guys in the top 50, right. Um, you sh- you're a contending team. The, the solution isn't to throw those guys back and say, I need to be- build for the future. No, it's to lean into those guys. Right. And I think that's something that, you know, if, if anything, I hope that people take from this. 100%. Love it. Quick one just before I let you go. I know you've not done loads of rookie analysis yet. I'm sure you've mm-hmm. done a little bit. I've done a little bit as well. Well, who are some guys just on the surface and appreciate we haven't done the combine, the landing mm-hmm. spots. We might not even get a combine this year if we believe reports that were coming out last night. Who who are some of the guys you're tracking in those higher rookie picks that you think could have an impact? Just where we are right now. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I mean, I think I was looking at the data, the quarterback data just this past week, and Malik Willis is one for me that uh, he's the type of player that it's really cost dependent. Do I want to spend 101 on that in a rookie draft? Maybe not, but I go back and I look at at guys like Allen and Daniel Jones and and some of these other, and heck, Mahomes. And like you go back at some of these other guys who had uh, what would be deemed, quote, risky profiles. And with 
with Willis, like you look at his uh, ability to make big time throws, which is an actual stat that PFF tracks. Uh, PFF's my data provider, um, and like he's elite in that, in a like a really high end elite big time throw rate, which is kind of your difficult passes, right? Your big arm talent passes. That's something that. It's really intriguing. So, so him, you know, depending on the cost, like he's one that I'm really interested to see because I think the ceiling on that can be really high. So he's one that I'm really interested to see, you know, where he goes, you know, at what pick he goes in the NFL draft and, you know, what that means for his rookie cost. Um, And I think like sort of blending the two of those is going to be a big deal with a guy like him this year. Love that. In terms of any wide receiver running backs, you're, Keeping an eye on, is there anyone that you're a fanboy of? I'll tell you, I, I don't know who the person is going to be yet, but I'll be a fan of whoever is the last wide receiver going. Uh, the last first round pick at wide receiver. Um, so whoever that is, um, is probably going to be a value in rookie drafts. They'll probably be a value, right? That's a that's a position that performs pretty randomly in terms of hitting for fantasy success within the first round. Um, so when you start looking at those guys, you know, kind of being in on the cheapest guy there. Um, I tend not to build my rookie drafts through wide receivers, um, uh, but I will absolutely take the last guy off the board. You know, you've seen that with IU. Tony's a good example of that. Um, you know, have being kind of in on the last guy of that range. I think that's a good way to, it's a cheap way to take an upside uh, longevity play. Well, I'm hoping this year it is Drake London. That's the guy who I think could be that guy and think he will be, a great asset into the NFL, kind of a, a bit like a Mike Evans mm-hmm. dominating the air, loving the pieces. Think he could be someone special if he lands on the right team. And if you're picking late in the first round, you're a good team. So you're going to be a good yes. piece. Love that. Um, tell everyone, Jordan, where they can buy the book, mm-hmm. um, where they can interact with you um, and get to know more of this uh, sort of fountain of knowledge that they can, they can subscribe to and, and get from you. Yeah, you can go get the book, analyticsdynasty.com. Uh, and it comes as a PDF version. You get it right in your inbox. Get reading it. Get ready. And, um, you know, start making, uh, you know, in, in, um, increasing the value in your trades, increasing the value of your dynasty teams right away by by implementing it. So you can go do all that. And, again, don't be – it's not – it has analytics in the title, but don't be super scared of it. It's not too analytically dense. Um, I have a, I have a, uh, an editor that works with me, um, that sort of keeps, makes sure that we don't do that <laughs> in terms of <laughs> killing people with the math and stuff. So, uh, that's, you know, that's, that process is good. Um, so you could go ahead and check that out. Analyst.com. Um, I'm the co-host of the football guys podcast, football guys dynasty show with my co-host Chad Parsons. You can find that where every year football guys podcast and then analystsdynasty.com. We have a, uh, a yearly subscription. You can go check out. I do a podcast every day um, that I release. We released 388 podcasts um, last year. And, um, and we have a trade database. We've got my dynasty tiers, which I'm in the process of um, just actually finishing up a series of podcasts on. Um, so you can go ahead and find all that. Um, we have a group me chat that uh, the sun never sets. We've got people all over the world in our group me chat, um, you know, constantly talking dynasty and, and different strategies. So you can find that, check that all out at analyticsdynasty.com. Absolutely. And you can find Jordan uh, at McNamara Dynasty on Twitter. It's a good follow. He does share some excellent pieces on there. So make sure you do that. Do check out the book. I highly recommend it. I'm going to put a link in the show notes as well so you can find it. 
John, as always, thank you so much for coming on and blessing us with some wisdom. I know that a lot of people are going to get a lot of use out of this and uh, and hopefully then go on and buy the book. I, I Like I said, I buy it every year and I highly recommend it. I actually get mine printed out as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm old-fashioned like that to make notes in the margin and then go back to them. So um, that's a good way. I also help find that helps with the graphics because yes. otherwise what I do is I put it on my Kindle and sometimes some of the graphics are a little bit <clears throat> dark, so then if I print them out, I can see them a little bit better because I like, I like to have that information as I go. My wife printed them all out for me a couple years ago. She gave me like five copies of each Actually, one of them, and I was like, "It's great." It's if I've got notes in them. Like, <laughs> see if I can reach it. I might not be able to. Oh. I actually don't have this year's though. I don't have this year's ones printed yet. And I just realized that. But yeah. This is the first one. Um, I was just checking. No, that's not it. That is something completely different. I was hoping <laughs> I had it in reach. This is what happens when you move. It's uh, all good. <laughs> I do have it in my drawer somewhere behind me. I was hoping to reach it and instead I pulled out something completely different. Um, but no, do recommend it. Do go out and get it. Jordan, thank you so much for, for joining me. Rush Nation, I think you agree this is a very knowledgeable podcast. Um, we've all got a little bit smarter uh, listening to Jordan for the last hour. So do give him some love um, and do follow him. And until next week, we'll be back with another amazing guest. Don't forget, as always, keep rushing. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.